welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian. And our guest today, Tom from Penflower Inc., who is also Penflower Inc. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Well, no, certainly. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. We we checked out, or I checked out one of your 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 games here recently, and I appreciated it. Loot the Plutes. What can you tell us about? We'll start from there. It'd be a good place to start with. What can you tell us about looting the plutes? Ah, uh, well, um, let's see. Uh, Loot the Plutes uh, was the first RPG that I ever actually finished. <laughs> that was the first one I completed because I had started a bunch before, but I'd never finished them. And I like, I appreciate how much you appear to be enjoying saying the name. Uh, because that was the starting block. Uh, I didn't really have much of a like a concept. I was just thinking, what's it like a fun title? Uh, and and I was just trying rhymes and alliteration, which I love. <laughs> and I ended up on Loot the Plutes. And from there, I was like, you know, I really love that swashbuckling adventure stuff. Uh, I'm also what today would be called a radical leftist <laughs> through sheer movement of the goalpost. I am now considered super, super far left. And it kind of, it kind of snowballed from there, but I had already been working on a system, the four point system that the, the game uses uh, for a lot longer before that. And I guess like I'll, I'll attempt to do a short version of the story. I started playing RPGs with D&D fifth edition. That was fine for a few years, uh, and I did a like a homebrew campaign uh, that I put on YouTube called uh, "The Brave and the Cobolds," which was an all cobalt party, <laughs> uh, and that was loads of fun. I had a really great time, um, and it was very formative in terms of it being my first experience running a game and writing stuff. But it was in the process of that that I realized that I wasn't very satisfied with D and D as a game because I realized I was homebrewing so much. That it was basically unrecognizable, <laughs> and I thought, and, and, <laughs> yeah, and I thought, just at this point, I might as well make make my own thing. I'll make my own system, and that's how it started. Uh, and it went through a bunch of different iterations, and now I'm at a at a point where most of the time I'm happy with it. Uh, there are moments where I go, oh, maybe it needs tweaking, and then I remember, no, it's fine. It's good. It works. <laughs> and I've made, I've made quite, I've made five games based on it so far. Uh, Luke the Plutes being the, um, being the first. I'm curious. There's one that I haven't checked out, but I've seen on here and I'm curious about it mm -hmm. because I'm a gardener <laughs> and you have, Oh, garden, a four points RP. Can you tell me about that? I'm curious. It's G-U-A-R-D-E-N, correct? Yeah, it's like to guard, basically to guard the garden. Um, I like it. Again, again, it started off as a title. I was like, oh, guard the garden, that sounds nice. And then I just squished it together, just garden. But yeah, that is an, that was an, basically an experiment because I wanted to see if I could do uh, what usually referred to as uh, micro RPGs, which are usually quite scaled down and they're very easy to sort of pick up and play. And it was an experiment to do that. I don't know how, how successful I was necessarily in compacting the rules, 
but I did scale it down into uh, effectively like a, a booklet like this size that you can print out and you can assemble. And it's just like a little book because it's about gnomes. It's about garden gnomes who uh, do their best to protect their garden. And the garden can be anything. Like it can be a container garden, like on a, on a balcony, or it can be an allotment. It could be like a communal garden, or it could be some rich toff person's big lawn it could be with the hedge mazes <laughs> with hedge mazes and <laughs> absurd topiary and all kinds of stuff but yeah that that was it uh i i haven't even played it like i've i made it and i put it out there and i have i haven't played i i i've i've been just making these these games because i just love making them and i kind of don't really i don't always have the time or the the, like the capability to organize playtests because most of the people in this sector, if you want to call it that, uh, this area are all on your side of the pond, so to speak. And so there's time zone issues most of the time, but hopefully I, I will eventually play all of them. But yeah, gar garden, if, if, you're, if you are a gardener and, and you enjoy communing with nature, then uh, you might like it. I got this. I've I've got this little. I got it a couple of years back. Uh, I want to say in 2020, like when the when the pandemic first started, I got this little garden mm -hmm. gnome, and he's got his little hoe, and he's the cutest little thing. We so we just moved, and I haven't had chance mm -hmm. to set up the garden yet or anything here. I'm like, how? I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get at least tomatoes in at the beginning of this year before the season or something. We gotta get something going on. I need some food out there growing, but. I, I need yeah. a, I need some space for my little my little gnome to thrive and live in. <laughs> I love it. I think I need yeah. to get more and collect garden gnomes. So I appreciate it. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I love garden. I am a gnome. Yeah. At least virtually in all in all <laughs> my uh, in all my profile pictures, I'm always a gnome. So I'm a garden gnome. So that's excellent. Um, They're cute little fellas. I appreciate them. And here's the thing, too. Like, when it comes to fantasy creatures, the way that D&Ds always portrayed them is they're very Tolkien-esque, very elegant, powerful, and heroic. And I've always, like, like I've said many times, like, when it comes to elves, I'd like Keebler elves and garden gnomes, <laughs> things like that. That's yeah. fun to me. I like those types of fantasy and approaches to it. Just a personal preference, I guess, instead of the we are mighties. <laughs> yeah. So, and you've got a few other games on here now. You're an you're an an illustrator as well, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. I like I like your style. Thank you. Um, with Luke the Plutes, and this might possibly be sort of uh one something that piqued your interest about it. Um, was that I was emulating a, a kind of the, the, the so-called sort of old school RPG black and white, sort of lots of cross hatching, lots of, lots of stark black and white contrast, that kind of thing, uh, which I've always liked, but I, I've always been wary of adopting because unfortunately I know that there are a lot of uh, pretty bad actors in the, um, in the sort of the more. Like the old school gaming and stuff yeah. like OSR. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's really it's really unfortunate because like the, that art style, I find it just really really endearing and charming, because it, it 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 doesn't sort of give a fig about being super realistic or, or anything. It's just really kind of grim fairy tale esque. And so I I I I thought that was a good fit for Luke the Boots, but I I am actively trying to 
use different styles for each game based on the tone. So like something like uh, Outward Bound, which is my love letter to Star Trek. I I did a lot more sort of digital coloring and digital effects. And I tried to make it look a bit more like a, you know, like a science fiction uh, graphic novel even or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Goblins and Grimoires is inspired by like uh, RPG video games. Uh, So I tried to make it very vibrant and sort of cutesy. I've been doing illustration and been doing commissions for a lot longer. I've, I've only been making, I've been making games now since 2020. So pandemic hit and I said, oh, I'll start designing games. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do, I do mostly character art. So when I first started as Penflower Inc, I was mainly doing commissions. I was um, drawing people's D&D and Pathfinder and Numenera characters and things like that. Uh, and I still do, but uh, I, I am, I am really enjoying making games well that's that's awesome that is awesome i'd like to know about the four point system and like maybe let some of our listeners because i know that i kind of went over a few things that i picked up reading through loot the plutes mm-hmm. yeah but I, I mean teach us how to play the four point system <laughs> <laughs> well um the the four points uh, SRD that you can get on my itch.io page, uh, even even for free if you want, uh, it's pay what you want, so you can get it for free. But it's very much like a, it's intended to be like a toolkit in the sense that there are there's a basic core bit of rule at, at the at the center of it. But everything that I've written around that are things that you can uh, decide to keep or decide to leave out or alter for your needs. So it's it's a, a lot clo- a lot closer to a toolkit than like a, a hard and fast rule book. Um, that the sort of the core principle of it is that, and the reason it's called four points is because I wanted to focus on uh, player agency, uh, narrative, characters, and um, customization. So the customization is covered by the fact that it's a toolkit, so you can pick and choose what you. Need. The other three points are. I, I, I tried to sum them up in, in the core rules, which is basically you have uh, a bunch of points. Ex- you, you already explained this, I, I thought, quite, <laughs> quite well in, 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 your, in your Loot the Plutes video. But yeah, you, you, you have these points, which are called energy points, and they just represent uh, like your effort, the energy you have to, to spend on different things. And you, ha- you can put those in four different stats, uh, they don't have to be the stats that I put in in the SRD. You can change them for any other four stats you want. The point is that you have a certain amount of energy for certain types of action that you want to do. So in the example of sociability, if you wanted to try and charm someone or convince them of something or just make polite conversation, then you would probably spend energy from sociability. And depending on how, mu- how much you spend, you are successful and you decide as a player how successful you want to be. So you spend more, the more energy points you spend, uh, the more successful you are. Uh, But if you spend those points, you are always going to be successful. It's just, they're going to be like minor inconveniences or a negative consequence. If you don't want to spend those points or if you've run out of points, then you test your luck. 
testing your luck is very simple. You roll one six-sided die, and it's 50-50. If you roll a one, two, or three, it's a total failure. If you roll a four, five, or a six, it's a, it's a success. Um, and like you also mentioned, you, know, you have advantage and disadvantage, but that's also something that if you wanted to, you could, you could leave out. You could keep it to, the, to just those two things, which, like I said, I try to give uh, the player as much agency as possible. That was mainly because all of my RPG experience up until this point had been very much, you roll the die or roll the dice and that kind of determines a lot of things like you can add you you can have your modifiers they can you, you can have your advantage and disadvantages and things like that but at the end of the day you could be your character could be an expert at a certain thing be skilled in a thing and have advantage and everything could be great and and you would think that narratively this is this person would be able to do this thing that they've trained their whole life for and if you roll a one and so you know <laughs> yeah and it's like i i do like that element i'm 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 not poo-pooing it you know i'm not saying that i don't i don't think that those types of mechanics are good uh i just want i i felt like doing something different where the the players decide because at the end of the day you have a finite amount of points so you you are still pushing your luck in a certain sense because like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna just spend all of my stamina points and i'm just gonna do a, a whole bunch of feats of great strength and then later on maybe something critical is happening and some the party needs somebody who can break down the door and it's like sorry guys i'm exhausted <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't i can test my luck and then the, you know and they roll a one they roll a one on their test of luck and it's like oh you, i've broken my arm great fantastic so that's basically it. <laughs> when it comes to gameplay, I think I think that's a neat idea that that you have this ability. You, you either just go by the luck mechanic, or you can say, okay, this is an automatic success by spending the points. So the player gets the determination of when they definitely succeed. Now I know that I don't I don't play a lot of the newer editions, but in a lot of the older editions and some of the older games we've been playing for decades. Um, the way we do that, like, is we're, the whole idea, like, theory behind rolling is, like, don't roll. Like, you don't want to roll unless it's like, oh, you're in the heat of moment, the heat of the battle. But that's not necessarily yeah. a roll. That's kind of a table thing. So that's not yeah. codified into necessarily every edition yeah. or every game's thing. I know at our table, it's like, yeah, you got it. You're a you're a carpenter. You can build the ladder. I'm not going to make you roll every time you try to do a mundane thing that you should be able to succeed mm -hmm. at. If you're at that point where it's like there's conflict and the baddies are coming at you, that's usually where the roles in my theory of gaming should come in. You know, you got a big fight yes, going exactly. on. You're trying to bust down the door. That's when you that's when you're going to want the roles when there's that extra added element of suspense. Now, mm -hmm. I think that this approach to I'm all about player agency in gaming. I like things to be driven by the players and not necessarily where the DM takes control. And I think the idea of having that, that option of either a, I'm going to roll to see what the randomizing is, but you also have an amount of energy points here that you can spend. That's like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to spend my energy points succeed. I'm good to go. I think that's a good approach. Now also when you're spending energy points, 
that's coming off of what, what would be your attributes essentially is that what the, are they called attributes in the in the system uh i've i've just called them stats but the again stats. Yeah. If, so you, if, stats. if you were using yeah. yeah so your stats which would which which may be called attribute stats your strength your dex there's a strength uh i'm trying to remember what they were uh, Oh gosh, apologies. One was Somebody's social. Decided to drive their quad. Back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got it right yeah, here. Uh, oh, where's it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? I had it right in front. Okay, stamina, no. dexterity, wits, and sociability. Yeah, okay, so stamina, dexterity, so wits, and sociability. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going somewhere with this. So, oh yeah, so you spend your your strength points, but also your strength can take damage. So. There's a little bit of like, okay, if you do, is that is that correct and how that's working? Where you're taking mm. damage from those when you're taking no, it? no, is that no, no, you, you, no, no, the the no, the um, there aren't uh, like health points or anything mm-hmm. like that. Uh, one of the early iterations of it did have that, mm-hmm. uh, and in the end, I scrapped it because it to me the, the, the it felt like in its early iterations, this was very much. Uh, holding a lot of baggage from D&D. And one of those things was uh, health points um, or hit points, yeah. And so I, the the way that it works is that you, um, you, spend those, you spend those points. If you, let's say, incur damage in some way, uh, there are conditions. Oh, yes. And those, con- and those conditions affect your costs the energy point cost so you they could give you disadvantage for example there's one condition which is just hurt it's like you are hurt your character is hurt if it's at that point then you have disadvantage on any action that would be affected by your injury so if it was you got an arrow to the knee uh to use the the meme uh then if you wanted to do an action that required you to I don't know, kick something down or, or run really fast, then you would have a disadvantage on that. Um, if the, if, and it, the way it, it works is like it stacks. So if you get hurt again, you become badly hurt. If you get hit again, and, and the disadvantage stacks. So every time those energy costs go up and up. So it, whereas before you could get a moderate success by spending one energy point. But if you are seriously hurt, then it will cost you maybe three or four. So it becomes a lot tougher in that sense. Uh, but the, the, the points you have only go down because you spend them. Uh, it, they're not okay. sort of impacted, but they're not impacted in that way. Um, so they don't represent like life points. And if you, if you run out of them, if you have zero energy points in all of then you are, ba- you get to decide uh, as, as a player, is the character unconscious or are they dead? And that depends on the tone of the table, like what, what the players are comfortable with uh, and all, the, all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, the, the, uh, there's not hit points. There's, um, there's things like armor and equipment, but even that, like uh, I, I'm currently working on another game that I would, li- I would like to talk about just because. Oh, yes. You would definitely like to hear about it. I, I'm 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 feeling pretty enthusiastic about it. I'm I'm it might not amount to anything, uh, <laughs> but it, I'm I'm attempting to make one that's GMless. Oh, while using the four point system, which in many respects has fit very well, precisely because I've tried to make it so player centered. 
Um, and in other aspects, I, I've had to tweak some things, but the, the concept for it at the moment is that it's uh, solar punk inspired. So it's like it's about building a community. And so players sharing the role of a community as a whole, but also there being the option to play as individual characters within that community. Mm -hmm. And basically the players decide if a task that they have to do is better suited for the community or is better suited for a small group of like an adventuring player. Like, is this something that we can solve together or is it something that we solve as a little group going off somewhere and doing a classic adventure? Um, and yeah, I've currently got some play tests organized for it, but um, I am cautiously optimistic that it can work. But at the same time, <laughs> I, I, ha I haven't been publicizing it too much just because. Here's my question, because I've <laughs> seen quite a few people out there uh, putting out stuff, especially in the more independent scene of role playing game that is DMless or GMless. Yeah. And I appreciate the idea and I like, and, and especially when you're attaching it to something like this as community focused, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. But I'm a little, uh, so I've played a game called once upon a time where everybody pulls cards and tells a story according to the card yeah. and you have to align it like that. So that's a GMless storytelling game, not necessarily a role playing game. Yeah. With a GMless role playing game, how does the world around us act? Like we don't have someone who's assigned to all of them. Like, like does everybody get to say what an NPC would do? Like, how does that stuff work? I, I just have never tried it. I'm curious. I, uh, yeah, I've I've tried some uh, a, a couple of, a couple of GMless games. I'm very keen on 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 trying some some other ones, especially. Uh, ones that are available on h.io where there's just an absolute wealth of amazing stuff. Oh, yeah. um, I would encourage everybody listening, just go over to h.io, click on physical games, even, even the video games. There's mm -hmm. loads of wonderful video games there as well, but there's tons of amazing stuff. But yes, I, I agree. They Most of them uh, tend to veer more into the storytelling angle rather than role-playing angle. Uh, which is also really fun. I guess my approach to it is I want to see if this approach of having it be part storytelling in the sense that the players are kind of narrating what this community does, but also part you, the, the players are the NPCs and they are the players and like they, they can, like the, the idea I have at the moment is that before anything starts, the players all have like a, a big group discussion and they can people the community. Like everybody makes maybe two or three characters and those characters are there for everyone. So it's like they are NPCs, but they're also PCs, if that makes sense. It's like depending oh, yeah. on what needs to what needs to be done. Like do we need do we need a character who is good at singing? Or do we need a character who's good, who's an architect? Do we need a character who's a baker? Uh, and so that that my hope is that that will sort of reconcile the storytelling element with the role playing element. It's it's more that you wouldn't be assigned to just one role, if that makes sense. Because yes, 
the, the character creation is, is quite fast. I mean, I, ap apologies for people who are listening to the audio version. <laughs> uh, but I, I, can, like, I can show you, I can put all of the stuff of a character just on this little page. Um, and it's, so you have, it's you just have, like a little, like almost note card size page, essentially, is what you're showing me. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's literally make two or three of these characters. Uh, think of like the, what kind of personalities they have, what's their story. Uh, and then, fingers crossed, when there is the task to be done, the group works together and think, okay, who, who, who do we have in our community who can help solve this? And there's other things. I mean, as you mentioned, a lot of um, GMless games uh, use deck of uh, standard playing cards. Uh, I've opted to go for roll tables, but the, the principle is the same. You know, there's lots of randomized events. So the group says, okay, we'll do this, this, and this. Let's see if anything goes wrong. And if anything does go wrong, how do we adapt the plan? Uh, how do we need to change things? Can we still do the thing or is it completely upended? And, and I, I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping that four points will, will work for that kind of thing. Just because I, I, I'm really, I want to push the system and sort of see uh, how many things it can do, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, that that makes that makes plenty of sense. Now we're coming we're we're, we're coming up on a, a time here. We got a little bit more time left, and I wanted to mm -hmm. go back to loot the plutes and talk about the setting a bit before we left because Absolutely. the setting and and I know I I described it, but it's very it's got this very um, I'm trying to think of a, a word word to describe it, but but the enemy is the rich and the folks are being mm -hmm. oppressed in, in labor. Could, this, could you tell us a bit more about the setting and what your intentions were, what your inspirations were and everything else? Just, hey, it seems like, it seems like it's just emulating our current reality a little bit. <laughs> it does seem like that, doesn't it? Isn't that curious? Hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely. And unfortunately inspired by, the, the current situation uh and by current i mean the past like hundreds and hundreds of years but yeah. but something that i uh i i knew that i i wanted it to be like classic m medieval type fantasy setting just because i i still i still love that that setting yes. I, I i find it very uh entertaining uh, and it was it also gave me like a, a good reference point to, to start making my first game because I'll 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 play it safe to begin with. I'll go with things that I I know how to draw and how to write. Uh, hopefully, um, in, I mean inspirations for it. Yeah, just there's definitely some steampunk there. I I just I I knew I wanted to have also a bit of a a, a jab at sort of excessive industrialization. Uh, and that sort of thing, you know, of all of all the energy sources, you know, in a in a world where there's magic, they they still rely on polluting, <laughs> you know, just, you know com com combustible, you know, fossil fuels and things like that. But something I also wanted to, and you mentioned this when you were in in your episode where you talked about the disclaimer. That was something that I, I felt was very important to put to include because. As we said, unfortunately, there are a lot of bad actors 
not just in the sort of the OSR, um, I was going to say OSR Renaissance, that's a, yeah. a, a repetition, but in, in TTRPG in general, is that there will be, you know, bad actors who, if something is not clearly stated, you know, you shouldn't do this, you know, don't, don't be a, don't be a, a baddie, don't be a Yeah, don't be a, a horrible head. human being. Just, don't, be just, a, just don't be a horrible human being. <laughs> yeah, Unfo- un- unfortunately, unfortunately for, apparently for a lot of people, that still needs to be spelled out. And so yeah. I wanted it to be very clear that even though the game is set in a capitalist hellscape, uh, the way that the these particular rich people have established their power is by conning the populace into thinking, uh, oh, you're all you're all on the same level playing field. You all have equal opportunity to get where we are. And so they, they have kind of, it's a, it's a bit like when people talk about all oh, the, the wonders of the Scandinavian model and they say, oh, that's, that's great. You know, that's, that's, it's basically socialism. And you'll say, well, no, actually it's just capitalism with a lot of effective welfare programs. Yeah. Uh, but it's still capitalist. And so I was kind of thinking, you know, Gilderberg basically has eliminated every kind of division and prejudice, systemic prejudice, except the class one, because that's what it needs to survive as a, as a hierarchy. But it's, it's managed to convince everybody. It's like, no, no, you, you all have everything that you need uh that, you know nobody is is uh you are all on an equal level playing field and you can if you work hard enough you know the the, the classic sort of lift yourselves up by your bootstrap <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> so uh yeah it's that that was it i again it was it's the, my it was my first attempt at making a game uh my first attempt at doing some like a kind of political commentary or satire so i don't know if it's necessarily aged super well or if it will age super well but that's what i that's what i was going for i i agree that maybe i should have included a bit at the beginning maybe just saying hey you you, you know you're gonna be stealing from these people you're gonna <laughs> steal from the I, rich you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> steal i i, but, I like uh, it <laughs> yeah well, we're about at time. Could you tell the listeners where they can find you and your work online or elsewhere? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, my, my main website, uh, which is also my online store where I, I sell a bunch of uh, RPG resources, is penflower-ink.com. Now, uh, that's, if you, if... that's ink, I-N-K, not ink, incorporated, correct? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Clever. It's a clever pun, Mr. The Barbarian. Yes, um, yeah, so it's, it's penflower uh, hyphen ink, as in the stuff you write with, uh, dot com. Um, that's my main website. From there, you can also find uh, my Twitter, which is just, it's at, and then it's my real name, which is Tom Fumo. And I've got an Instagram, which again, Penflower Inc. Basically, I think at this point, if you look up Penflower Inc. Ink, you'll find something of mine. And then, of course, there's the itch here, itch.io. If you look me up, itch.io as well. Oh, I have a pa- I have a Patreon. Sorry, I have a Patreon as well. If people want to support me on Patreon, what's they can the, do that. What's the URL to the Patreon? <laughs> it's Penflower Inc. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I just, it's just backslash, yeah. 
Penflower Inc. <laughs> I, I, I believe so, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, I make uh, stuff there. I've done character. I recently did uh, some hex maps. If people are interested in like modular digital assets to make hex maps for their RPG games, I recently made that. Uh, but yeah, just Penflower Inc. Google Penflower Inc. And you'll find me. That's a guarantee. 100%. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on. It's been great. Thank you for having me on. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. As always, if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at LogarHaleProm. We also have a Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And keep those dice rolling.